There's 162 games of the baseball season and winter comes along just to end it. So the annual problem for a baseball fan is finding a good way to watch it. Like maybe going to the park or watching on TV or just catching the highlights. Watching Donaldson strike out again or seeing Judge hit 62 bombs. Bang! Bogart's leaving town, Kike making plays or Kenley closing the door. Debating with your friends, making dumb bets, or complaining about the umps again. As you can tell, there's a whole lot of stuff to hear before winter comes again. Let's go, y'all. So chill with us, because Gamby and Beal are going to say it all. So chill with us, because Gamby and Beal are going to say it all. Man, Fred, Gamby and Beal made a podcast. Hello and welcome back to season two of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast, a podcast produced by two best friends who despise each other's baseball teams, but love each other anyways. We hope you enjoy. Thank you for tuning in now to the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Yank Your Socks Off podcast. My name is Andrew Gambardella III. I'm the Yankees fan of this podcast podcast and I'd be lying if I said I expected the Yankees to go six and one last week but that's not really I mean the Yankees are still dead but before I move any further welcoming on the show for probably like the 200th time my co-host best friend and Red Sox fan Mr. Matthew David Beal Beal how you doing today hello hello um pretty good I, I mean the Red Sox are coming off two wins against the Royals. Um, so not great because, you know, the Royals. But, uh, yeah, fine. I mean, we're not dead, but we're we're becoming deceased in the AL pennant race. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's not great. Yeah, the, uh, the Yankees, although they are abominable and uh, despicable this year to be – um, associated with them it uh it was a good week to see the young kids come out and play but before we talk more about baseball um, we're going to talk about this weekend and the highlight of this weekend had to be Deion Sanders the coach of Colorado I mean his press conference his pregame speech his players play on the field his son the quarterback Travis Hunter who played 129 snaps at corner and wide receiver had a hundred over 100 receiving yards, a touchdown, and a pick. I mean, some of some of the best. I, I, you can't make up some of the stuff that happens in college football, Beal. Yeah, I, I mean, it's honestly wild uh, that whole story. And I, I mean, I've already seen some posts that this is just like a future uh, um, – 30 for 30 like I, I mean it's gonna make an incredible documentary one day uh Deion Sanders just walking into this position well not walking into it because uh I mean I I feel like I've said this before that dude like <laughs> I mean he is as good of a coach as they come in college football he relates to the kids he's um a fighter for his players and I, I mean clearly a cut and dry power five uh coach in college football and the sky's the limit for him but aside from that i mean this dude came into the colorado position this offseason 
um, brought some transfers from Jackson State, uh, brought in some new recruits. Everybody wants to play for primetime and just absolutely dominated this weekend. And uh, knocking off a seeded team is uh, nothing to turn your nose up yeah, at. A team now that Colorado's seeded. Was the seeded ranked? <laughs> seeded. Seeded. Um, yeah, a team that was not only just ranked in TCU, but a team that went to the national title game last year. They yeah. knocked them off in Texas at, at TCU, and uh, it was a thing of beauty. I, I, I don't have anything more to say, but week in, week out, Deion Sanders is one of the greatest characters I've seen for the sport, and he is terrific for the sport um, of college football. And I, I can't wait to see what the Colorado Buffaloes do this week. And I know they're playing Nebraska, but it's probably going to be one of the most watched games this week just because of, of the show they put on this past week. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they're already one of the most uh, watched games this past weekend because of, you know, Dion and that team coming together. So, I mean, I'm excited for their season this year. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but talking about exciting things that happen over the weekend, it may not have happened over the weekend, but Duke knocked off. Number nine seed, Clemson. And that was enough to make my weekend neutral. I agree. I not just <laughs> neutral. I I'm of the it's belief now more positive we we lost to a ranked UNC team who is good. Who right. they're gonna be a good team. We should have showed up better, but like, you know, losing to them is yeah. I mean, kind of expected. Yeah. I mean it, it was it was coined as a toss-up game and and we didn't play well the offensive line looked terrible but we we competed yeah yeah Clemson scored seven points against Duke who put up 28 we're not playing basketball here this is football and they just lost to Duke by 28 to 7 and the only reason they scored a touchdown was because of a muffed punt in the first half it was yeah. an abysmal showing for Clemson football, and I hope it's the beginning of the end. I hope our our win at Clemson last year was was the start of the beginning of the end of this era of Clemson football. And this is not an offense that is new. Like I think they're a hundred percent returning behind, besides uh, the quarterback who. I don't know the new quarterback, but over DJ last year, like was expected to be a huge upgrade. Um, Honestly, quarterback position was a scapegoat last year for Clemson. And so considering that they really kept, I mean, mostly everyone else on their offense, most of the starters um, and only swapped out the quarterback who they blame for all their losses last year. um, It just kind of shows how, much in shambles this team is right now yes it it is it's uh it puts a smile on my face just like it probably puts a smile on your face to see how badly the yankees are doing this year as a red sox fan similarly but clemson losing is i don't know it it carries a little bit more right now um the the yankees losing makes me happy but like I, it's just the way that Clemson lost that just makes me happy as a UNC uh, UNC USC fan. Excuse me, definitely not a UNC fan. I hate them after this weekend. But anyways, um, <laughs> uh, 
I mean, it's just it carries a little bit more. Maybe it's because it's it feels like this big game to start out the year and the MLB seasons happened over a span of over 100 games at this point. So I think that's mainly why it feels different. Um, but I just I think being the nine seed going into this year and losing to Duke week one is just a heartbreaking loss. And like in college football, it's hard to overcome that. Like that is going to carry with them throughout the season. Uh, obviously it's, it's an unranked team. Uh, they lost week one. It, I mean, honestly, it, that's, that's kind of a huge blow to a team aspiring for, um, the college football playoffs, which I, at this point, I, I think it's safe to say they're out of it. Yeah. Like the top four teams do not lose to Duke. So like it's, I mean, that is a huge blow in one game to start off the season. So, I mean, I don't know. That that puts a bigger smile on my face right now than the Yankees losing. Yeah, I I would agree with you there, obviously. I mean, I don't like to see the Yankees lose, um, but I love to see Clemson lose. Um, and the marquee matchup, before we move on to baseball um, to finish off today's show, was coined as number five LSU playing number eight Florida State in Orlando, Florida. And watching that game Saturday night, um, was one of the – or su- Sunday night, rather. Uh, w- the atmosphere was electric. It was a 17-14 game at half, and then Florida State just took over. And to me, it looks like Florida State is by far more talented than Duke, Clemson, even a UNC team who struggled with a South Carolina team that I thought looked pretty bad, um, to be honest, if I was looking at it objectively. I think Florida State can run the table in the ACC – and go to the college football playoff. And I don't think anybody anybody was picking them before the season started. But their offense yeah. looked electric, and their defense was getting to the quarterback at will against a very good LSU team and a very dynamic quarterback in Jaden Daniels. Yeah, and you know who else looked extremely dynamic and just powerful? Oklahoma. I was in shock. I mean, Arkansas State is not like a loser team. They lost seventy three to zero. Yeah, that 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 is seventy three to zero. Probably one of the most embarrassing D one losses I mean, in a long, they long got time. Pounded. Yep. Like, and this is not like a. I I don't know. It, it's it doesn't feel like. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Arkansas State really is that bad this year. But they don't feel like a team that should lose seventy three to zero. Um, I don't know. It's a big school. Like they usually have a decent football team, but seventy three nothing. I don't know. I don't know if that, that speaks more to Arkansas State or Oklahoma. But I saw pictures of Arkansas State's coach just in shambles on the sidelines. I'm I'm sure he didn't expect to win that game against Oklahoma, but. You got to imagine he thought he had a better game plan going into that than what ended up ensuing in that game. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch any of that game, but just seeing seventy-three to zero on a score, I, I feel like if you got it beat like a hundred to like three, I think that looks better than seventy-three to zero. Honestly, yeah. So I, it's just getting shut out and giving up that many points in a football game is, yeah, is rough. Yeah, but. I mean, till next week, I mean, we have the marquee matchup next week is Tennessee at – not Tennessee, uh, number 11, Texas, going to 
Alabama. And, uh, yeah, I, I, going to number three, Alabama. And a lot of people are saying Texas is going to knock them off. And, uh, honestly, I'm with the Longhorns in this game. I don't know if I trust uh, Bama uh, from what I saw this weekend in them. Um, and I, I, I think Texas is going to find a way to win this football game in yeah. Alabama. Yeah, I think so, too. Oh, really? I, wow. I think so, too. So is the SEC done? Are we done for Like LSU got I think knocked so. off? I think wow, so. Wow, our reign is over. I don't know. I mean, it feels it feels kind of uh, I don't know what you call it right now, but faulty. Like the SEC just has not dominated recently, like they usually do. And I, I mean, this upcoming game is is going to be a huge factor in everybody's feelings about the SEC. But I don't know. I, I don't feel like they came out of the gate very strong. No, they didn't. But, I mean, Texas didn't exactly blow, you know, blow the uh, blow the top off against Rice this weekend. Um, so, we'll see. We'll, see. we'll yeah. see what happens on Saturday. But I'm very much looking forward to this football game. And, obviously, I wouldn't be shocked if Nick Saban's team won. But I, I think the Longhorns losing a heartbreaking game against Bama last year, I think, I think they're going to – enact a little bit of, of revenge this year on the Crimson Tide. Fair enough. Um, I, I do want to make one comment about my Arkansas State comment earlier. Okay. Uh, they ended up <laughs> there in the Sun Belt. Their conference record against other teams in the Sun Belt last year, one and seven. Maybe <laughs> they do deserve to lose 73-0. I don't know. Maybe they just are that bad. Yeah. But, I, I mean, the Sun Belt wasn't bad last year. I'm not going to trash on them. They had – you know, Troy, JMU, Coastal, like there's teams in there who no, are pretty good. The Sun Belt but... is the best non-Power 5 conference there is. And yeah. for all the hate that the Pac-12 is getting, because the Pac-12 is getting dismantled next year with 12 out of the – or was it 10 out of the 12 teams leaving the Pac-12, um, they went 13-0, and or I guess there's 13 teams, but they went 13-0 and in opening – to open the season. Oh, cause USC played two games already. So of the 12, they've won their first 13 games as a conference, which is wow. pretty incredible. And it's, I think it's the first time they've done that um, in like 20 something years. So uh, pretty, pretty good uh, end to the pac 12 in their last year. That is pretty impressive. At least a start to the end. Um, long way to go this year. Uh, but with, if I was to predict the college football playoff right now, I would have to go with Florida State as my lot. I, th- I don't think Georgia really plays anybody, and I think they're the best team in the SEC still. Um, I like I like Ohio State to beat Michigan this year and win uh, win the Big Ten, and then I like uh, I like USC in that Pac-12. I just I think uh, Caleb Williams is that guy. And the fact that they have Marshawn Lloyd to run the ball for them now, I think it's going to be a pretty unstoppable tandem. Dude, I miss Marshawn Lloyd already. And I love DK. I'm a huge DK Joyner fan. Uh, I think he's going to be a great running back at points in the season. But Marshawn Lloyd was just so dominant last year uh, and so scary to be like for any team that was on the other side of him. Dude just can run through a wall. 
uh, I'm excited to watch him this year and uh, hopefully watch him play in the NFL for a good bit. I agree with you there. Um, same thing for Jaheim Bell at Florida State. Miss you, baby. Yeah. yeah. But uh, moving on from college football, talking a little bit about the Yankees, my prediction this next week is going to probably shock you. Um, but coming off of six, it's it's funny to me. It's funny that, you know, a team that's lifeless and has been lifeless all year and has been hearing it from the media, the New York media, about how they don't live up to expectations. They're all, you know, aging, overpaid guys past their primes. Then you just bring – then the Yankees, they call up a couple young young up-and-coming potential stars – in Jason Dominguez and Austin Wells. And all of a sudden, this team has life. And this team is playing with smiles on their faces. And this team is excited and looks like they're having fun playing baseball again. That is, that's crazy to me. I, I mean, that's really, it makes me ponder, you know, what what makes front office guys so smart and how they get, get their jobs. Because that was just a brilliant move. And I haven't been saying anything all year about doing something like this. So I am uh, just kudos to the front office for the Yankees for making these moves. Nice job. Good job for doing something that works. Yeah, good job. I, I mean, I'm going to cut the, the sarcasm here, but good job in doing something that should have been done months ago. This what I mean, the Orioles did it with steadily calling up all their talent and their they're the second best team in baseball right now. You see this across the entire league and the Yankees are the last team to do it. And what do you know? We are right now in our last 10 games, we're seven and three. And it looks like this team could be playing its base, best baseball down the stretch at the right time, but they're not going to make the playoffs. So it's, it's upsetting this week. They go home for three games against the Tigers and three games against the um, the NL Central leading Brewers. I think the Yankees get two out of three, the two out of three from the Tigers, and I think they also surprisingly get two out of three from the Brewers in the weekend. I just think they're playing great baseball right now, and yes. Clark Schmidt and Garrett Cole are two of the best pitchers in baseball right now. Um, so I'm I'm going with four and two for this week. This is my wow. first wow. winning guess week in two months i think wow um, and since we're tied six six i said you know what uh might as well throw a dart at the wall and see if it sticks all right all right um i am not going to be quite as optimistic considering the red sox are playing the rays and the orioles this week um two best teams in i mean i would say right now in the al uh you know, aside from maybe the Mariners sneaking above the Rays, but uh, right now those two teams are just absolutely dominant. So I'm scared. Uh, I think the Red Sox might still squeak out a three and three. I thought about going two and four, but I don't know. It feels a little pessimistic. I, I think the Red Sox do have some life in them. Um, I'm going to say three and three. Uh, probably take one against the Rays and two against the Orioles, maybe. Uh, but yeah. I'm going to stick with that. We're losing today, so it helps me a little bit in my decision Mm. to not go 4-2 and at least. 
enough. I uh, wow, three and three. That I wouldn't. Three and three. Yeah, you're it. You are. You seem to be fading um, in optimism for your team, just like the Red Sox are fading on the field in their performance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't lose to the Royals. Yeah. For one single game. You want to, I don't care. You can't lose a single game to the Royals. Um, and you can't get swept by the Astros. And that's that's been the change in attitude for me over the past week. Getting swept by the Astros was just a gut punch. Fair enough. All right, Beal. Well, that does it for us this week. Um, and for right now, we have a fantasy football draft in 10 minutes. Uh, Beal, we completed. We're going... We're no longer teammates this year. We are no longer sharing a team, uh, but we are in two leagues together. Um, so we will be competing this year in, in fantasy football. And I very much look forward to those weeks and I hope I win every single one of them, but I will do it with the utmost kindness out of uh, my heart. And I will say, I hope you don't have to do our punishment in our league. I hope you hope don't so. finish in last. That would be bad. Yes. I, I will I will put that goodwill out there for you. And, and I I genuinely mean that. But I, I also hope you don't win it all, obviously. Um, well, I'll do my best to win it all. Is there anybody that you're targeting at the 12th pick? At the 12th pick, I'm going for um, – I don't know. I, I mean, who is ranked 12 right now? Do you know? It's probably, I would guess it's like, who? No, it's not. It's uh, probably like Bajan Robinson or something like that. Oh, I, I feel weird about picking him. I've had the opportunity to, but I just feel weird about it. I don't know. I can't explain it. Um, I don't, I don't know. Um, I'd really have to look at the draft. Let me let me pull this up real quick. All right, yeah, pull it up real quick. Fantasy player rankings. All right. Oh, let's see. The twelfth ranked player is what? Really? Tony Pollard. Who is it? Tony wow. Pollard. Okay. Wow. I don't want that. I don't. I don't want that. Uh, <laughs> um. I don't know. I'm secretly hoping that Saquon drops. I know he won't. But if he. Yeah. Considering. Considering I'm the tenth pick in the draft, and <laughs> yeah. there's no way he's getting past me That's if he falls fair. to ten. That's fair. Um. I would say maybe like I, since I have twelve and thirteen, I think thirteen. And it doesn't matter, I guess, who I pick, 12 or 13. But I think I want Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, I have picked him in, like, three leagues already, so might as well make it a fourth. Um, you're giving me – all right, stop. So I, I don't want you to give me your whole strategy because I'm picking ahead of you. I mean, I don't really care uh, because if you pick ahead of me, I'll just take someone else. I, I, I mean – Derrick Henry is another guy that I really like having. Fair so, enough. I mean, I will be eyeing him. But who knows? Maybe I'll go double wide receiver. Maybe Ooh, I'll just say spicy. Yeah. Spicy. 
because you know you got Cooper Cup who comes up, Stephon Diggs around there, Garrett Wilson, um, Amon Ra, AJ Brown. Like, there's plenty of options there. I also love Josh Jacobs. So, I, I mean, we'll talk about my move next week and and see what I end up making. But picking 12 is a little bit scary. I feel like I'm not gonna feel like I'm having a first round pick, but I'm hoping my team is going to be deeper than the other teams, and, and maybe that'll allow me to make some trades for top-of-the-line talent in the future. All right. That's the goal. The strat. Fair enough. I respect your strat. I will be going with, I don't know. We'll see. I If he falls to me at 10, then I have to. There's there's no doubt that I will be taking. Uh, if he if he falls to you at ten, I'll, I'll make a trade. All right, deal. If he falls to me at ten, I will trade him to you. For, for whoever I pick at twelve. No, no, no. <laughs> that that is not gonna play. Although, Beal, remember that Greco here picking at eleven. So on the flip oh. side, like right before you, he's on oh. auto draft. So whoever's oh. at the top is automatically he's going gone. to that, that hurts. Yeah, since oh, he wow. will be the only person on auto draft because obviously he's he's serving um, overseas. So um, we wish the best of luck to everybody in the Fantasy League. Everybody who listened, uh, thank you for, for tuning in and staying with us throughout this pod. Uh, we love you all. Um, enjoy your sunsets, your sunrises, your brunches, your lunners. Um, I cannot wait for this football season. Um, Beal, take us out. Go Cox. Mm-hmm.